Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I'm your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And today, Saturday afternoon, it's about 11:15 p.m. Central or a.m. Central time. We're going to be going over our favorite player prop bets using DraftKings Sportsbook. We got the Fellow JGM here with us this morning. How's it going, Jesse? Good morning. Last week of the regular season of fantasy football. Let's go. It's bittersweet, but it's also because uh, everyone's got leagues that they're really good in, and everyone's got some leagues that are not so great. Uh, cough, cough, my dynasty one in 11 league. Uh, that one's not fun, but uh, I don't know. It's fun to watch rookies. I think, especially the, the rest of the way, like some rookies like Denzel Mims, you got some ro- rookie running backs that we're keeping an eye on. Like, can Jonathan Taylor turn things around? Um, so there's a lot of other things to watch, even though fantasy football might be ending for some people. But at least we got player props. We've got DFS lineups. That's one of the cool parts about how fantasy football has evolved the last few years. So we are going to be looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to take a little different approach in this one tonight or this afternoon. We'll be starting with like looking at like the over-unders and the total points uh, totals here and just kind of looking at the games from like a, like a bird's eye view. And then we'll kind of dive in and, and break out some of the numbers here. Uh, the reason was because DraftKings is they're slowly putting up their prop bets now, whereas in the, like maybe like a month ago, they would up, like pretty much upload all the games except like one or two. And now they're kind of just slowly trickling in some of our favorite player props here. So we are going to we're going to hop into a screen share here and let's just take a look at some of these these over unders here. And we're going to see how I don't know. Let's just see what these uh, what they're thinking. These total point totals are going to be for tomorrow. So I guess the first game on the slate here. This one means a lot to you. So it's Colts Texans. How do you think this one's going to go? We got Wolf Fuller out as well as Bradley Roby, which I don't think a lot of people uh, are taking notice of. I, I'm really into Phil Rivers this weekend. Um, so as a, as a resident Colts fan here at the Fellow Show, what do you, how are you thinking this Colts Texans game goes? It's an over under of 51 total points. Yeah, I think this, uh, this game does not set up well for Houston. DeForest Buckner is back. D'Amico Autry is back. The Colts defense is getting back to full strength, and the Texans lost. Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills all in a matter of two weeks. How do you replace three of your top four receivers, you know? They're feeling about letting Kenny Stills go two weeks before. <laughs> I mean, Will Fuller last receiver test positive. Yeah, <sighs> they're, they're not feeling good. Uh, I mean, that's the morals. They get, they get David Johnson back. Confetti. But it works, but you I mean you're also going against the best run defense, maybe here with Buckner back. Yeah, I think uh, the Titans last week, people might be like, oh man, Derek Henry gashed them. Maybe they're not as good as we think. You gotta remember Buckner was out that game. He's back. So I think that just that you know, that, you know, it's Derrick Henry too. It's Derrick Henry and and at the end of the year, he's gonna do his thing. Um so I'm not liking the I'm not really liking the Texans a lot in this game. I think we could see this be a controlled game by the Colts. Um, rotating all three of their backs, maybe trying to get Jonathan Taylor going again this game. I mean, Houston's not very good against the run. They're also going to be terrible against the pass, especially, as you mentioned, with Roby out. Um, I don't know. This might be like a, a JT get-right game. Like, hey, man, let's let's try and get you back on track. Uh, I'm a little interested in that aspect of the game. It feels like, to me, the Colts' offense is going to be able to do whatever they want. And For even- sure. Even though we think of this team as a heavy run team, Philip Rivers has been attempting a lot of passes. He sometimes sits in the 35 to 40 range. Sometimes he goes over 40. And just in the last few weeks, they've had really competitive games against the Packers and the Titans. And that's kind of forced them to open up and throw a little bit. So we do, like, Philip Rivers has like three straight games of around 300 yards. He's got six touchdowns in the last three games. 
He's got T.Y. Hilton scoring touchdowns uh, finally, and Michael Pittman Jr. is doing things. Trey Burton's doing things. I think I might be interested in some of the touchdown props there, but this is a really fun game here. The Texans, though, they're going to be pesky because I think Deshaun Watson's still he's, – he's playing as good as football as anybody. If you gave him a proper roster, like a really good receiver, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But if he, if he had a certain receiver back, this team might be a little bit better uh, than they are right now. But at 51, we'll be interested in this game a little bit. And I do think they uploaded a lot of those player yards and props. So we will Absolutely. be interested on this Raiders-Jets game. They don't have any player prop. I didn't see anything for this one yet. Uh, just a, maybe a quick one or two thoughts here on this 46 over under here. Raiders are away minus eight and a half in this one. Heavy favorites here on the road. No Josh Jacobs. I guess a, a fantasy spin on this one because we're probably not going to be able to talk much about the props. Maybe we look at some of the, I don't know, we'll look at something. But I'm very excited about what Devin, Devontae Booker can do in this one. What do you got for Raiders-Jets? Yeah, I think uh, no Jacobs opens the door for Booker. A little bit of Richard, But uh, we've seen, if you've seen the Rich Rebar's tweets out there, you've seen that without Josh Jacobs, they, they feature one guy. That was DeAndre Washington. Was He was there, and he had some amazing stretches of games for you. That was last year and the year before, the yeah, year before. Game over like 20 points. Yeah. I mean, he had over 20 touches in the three games Jacobs missed. So I think we're going to get a heavy dose of Booker. Do not be afraid to plug him in as a fringe, probably wider, running back one. He's probably like a high-end RB2. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in this game from the Jets' side and the fact that the Raiders tend to – you don't know what you're going to get from the Raiders. They come and they beat the Chiefs, and then they get demolished by the Browns. Could this be a game where the Raiders play down to the Jets and we see an actual game where maybe Sam Darnold actually takes advantage of his weapons in a weak secondary and the Raiders? Uh, could be could be kind of interesting. could be fun. Uh, what was that? I saw that Brashad Perriman. What was that Brashad Perriman touchdown look like this week? Plus 260. That's I, I kind of feel that this week. Enzel Mims has better odds, man. I know. They like Mims a little. Mims... Uh, I don't know if you saw, but like I tweeted out a thing yesterday where someone made a cut up of all his targets from last week against Miami. And I mean, he was shadowed by pretty much the whole time with Xavier Howard. But Sam Darnold took some deep shots down to him. I mean, there's one touchdown that he, he gave him another chance, and that's like a 50-50 kind of ball where he could get that the next time. But he was surrounded by two or three defenders. So they took one really good deep shot to him. And then there was another one where he actually got called for pe- offensive pass interference but Xavier Howard was like in front of him and he kind of slowed up and Denzel had to kind of jump on his back to like reach for it. And it was so close. Like it would have been, even if it was, a, if it was pass interference, it would have been a sick catch because he basically like crawled up his back and tried to reach for it. So they're, they're scheduling deep shots to him to get him into the end zone. And he hasn't scored yet. He's been, I don't know. He had his, I think a career high yards last week and it was in the sixties or seventies. Right. So he's definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on. I wish they could upload his yardage totals because if it's in the 50s, I'm, I'm liking this one. Definitely. Uh, but as far as what's going to happen in this Raiders game, I mean, Booker's scoring one touchdown, right? Yeah, for sure. He's going to get in the end zone. It's minus 143, but uh, I don't know where I have to look. But if they're – because, I don't know, just the last couple of weeks we've been texting about, like, some funny, like, okay – I've been I've been putting like a dollar or two down on like two TDs or three TDs guys just to you know sometimes you hit like a, a plus fifteen hundred odds and you turn one dollar into fifteen or something uh, like that. Booker I think has a really good potential for two touchdowns this week. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I can't I, disagree with that. I mean the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball. The question is, will the Jets be able to move it as well to the point where it's game? Um, and I think I think we might be surprised by Darnold this week. And as far as the Jets' schedule, 
just looking at this, this is their last chance to avoid, I think, being a winless 0-16 season. Going here at home against the Raiders, they go to the, the Seahawks, they go to the Rams, they get to play the Browns at home, but I think at that point in the season, week 16, the Browns yeah. need that game. Yeah. And they're just going to be able to play small ball and run it with Chubb and Hunt in that game. It should be, it should be a very similar recipe to what the Raiders do tomorrow. Pound the ball, run the ball 30-plus times. And then the Patriots here. Maybe they, they do something crazy against the Patriots, but I'm not taking Gase over Belichick on that one. So this Raiders game, you get the Raiders coming off a 43-6 to game against Atlanta. They got housed by Atlanta. Nobody does that. And yep. I don't know. I'm, I'm, open to, I'm open to the idea of seeing uh, the best New York Jets uh, with Sam Darnold tomorrow. But I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of move on to the next game here. Um, Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans. This is a bummer, too, because it's the highest over-under point total at 53. But all they have for us, I believe, is is passing yards. Not even passing yards. No, we don't. We don't even get. We don't oh. even get Baker under man. Um, so we don't even have touchdown passes in this one. Do we have touchdowns? We don't have rushing yards. We don't have receiving yards. We'll, I'll hit refresh at some point, maybe like a half hour down the line. But super disappointing. I think this game, both teams eight and three. As far as like the noon slate, I think this one's the most appealing to me. To like, hey, I want to watch that game as a whole. Uh, I, I just think we're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry, a lot of uh, Nick Chubb. These two teams really mirror each other really well. I just think Ryan Tannehill versus Baker, that's kind of the difference between the two. Tannehill's probably got a little bit more upside with his receivers, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. John mm-hmm. Smith is going to be out, so I've been telling people all week that I really like uh, try to get Corey Davis in your lineup this weekend because we know the Browns are going to be without Denzel Ward, which automatically we like A.J. Brown, but with no John o. Smith, I think – I'm going to be super interested to check back and see what the Corey Davis line is because he's a pretty good player. I know it's a low volume, but again, Johnny Smith out. We're going to like A.J. Brown. We're going to like Corey Davis. Tannehill should have a good game, and then Derrick Henry should be the workhorse there. And then on the Brown side, you did note that uh, there was a handful of like third and fourth receivers out. So they're pretty much just down to Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins. So I think once those lines get put in, we should you know probably uh, look at that or talk about it on the, the Twitter machine. Yeah, I'm thinking Austin Hooper. I mean, tight end's already a wasteland, so Hooper's probably a guy that you're you're like you you drafted him with high expectations and he's let you down, but this is a week where you're thinking, all right. Since could be a top five play. This is all we got for, for this game right now. Touchdown odds real quick, minus two eighty six for, for King Henry. AJ Brown minus one oh six. I don't I don't I don't mind that. Uh, you put uh, just put a ten piece on that, minus one oh six. That should be a decent return. Uh Nick Chubb minus one fifteen. Like these guys are the chances of all three of these dudes scoring very strong. Corey Davis plus one thirty five, Kareem Hunt plus one thirty five. Landry blew up last weekend. <clears throat> yeah, that as soon as you said Hooper, I was like, I got to see what his touchdown odds are. Plus two forty. That's not too shabby. That's, That's not bad. And when you just think about their 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 players, like they're gonna throw the ball to Landry. Who, who's their red zone target? Maybe Harrison Bryant five twenty five down there. That could be spicy. Uh, the one thing I noticed about Harrison Bryant, he had two fumbles last weekend, so I'm going to be interested to see what his confidence meter is. This also, uh, I saw Adam Humphreys down there, a little interested by that with no Janu. Maybe they run uh, more three wide receiver sets. So do we see Hooper going a touchdown streak? I mean, he, the, the target volume is really alarming to me, 2-5-2 two, two, the last three games here. Um, but a touchdown last weekend, again, we could just put a little wager on him to score a touchdown. Uh, but that could be the spot there with Austin Hooper plus two forty. And then you my just- guess is 
the targets are low, but the targets are probably high value targets. You know, I can't confirm that, but I'm guessing, you know, these are some, these are some red zone looks. These are some end zone looks. So he's getting not high volume, but the right looks. So if you're looking for the touchdown odds, it's kind of what you want anyways. And again, I mean, if you're not running the ball with Chubb and Hunt, who are you looking for in the end zone? Probably the big body. They don't really have those big body receivers. I'm very interested in the future prospects of Harrison Bryant as a tight end because the yeah, fact man, he's good. He's getting run over David Njoku right away. Yeah. That's really interesting. Poor um, David. He might be a guy that we talk about quite a bit next year, but I just wanted to see real quick. Adam Humphreys is back, full participant the last three days of practice here. I think he's been on the COVID list, and he also had a concussion kind of thing going on. So that's good to see him back. This might be a really good Ryan Tannehill game, then, if he gets his best three receivers. I know no John Smith, but I do think this game could get out of hand with the scoring. We could see a little fun uh, action here in this game again. Yep. Vrabel, Vrabel also did say, quote, Derrick Henry needs to get more involved in the passing game this week. He said that. So that, I mean, that's just padding stats for Tannehill. That's padding stats for Henry. Derrick Henry's going to win some leagues. <laughs> curious. They didn't, they don't have any passing stats here. We have nothing for that game. So we can move on to the next one. As far as props go, this is the highest over under point total here for the week. Uh, we do think that this game could have a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. Shout out to our guy, Patrick Sig. Thanks for hanging out, man. Let us know in the comments if you guys have any questions on certain games. If you guys want to know any thoughts on any prop bets or certain players. We'll move on here to the Bengals and the Dolphins. I don't give a crap about this game. It's 42.5. I think this is the lowest over-under as far as the week goes. Yep. <sighs> do we like do we is there anything on this here for, for props real quick? Let me I just... think we got the I I don't think we have uh because Fitzpatrick hasn't there hasn't named a starter in Miami, so I don't think there's anything for Miami. Right. Uh, Miles Gaskin should be activated today. I do like him if he is activated because there's no other running back on that roster except for two fumble Ruski, Patrick Laird. Mm -hmm. um, so he's going to come right into a full – he has been practicing the last two weeks. It's not like he's limping into this game. He's going to be, like, close to 100%. So Miles Gaskin, if you got him in fantasy, you've been sitting on him for this long, you're, you're firing him up probably as your RB2. Yep. Um, so as far as player props in this one, they do have the Bengals listed because we know what the offense is going to be. But for me, Ooh. I'm not. I'm not putting any chips on Brandon Allen. To throw the ball to anybody here, even Drew, if Drew Sample is like the one guy who's been getting the looks the last couple of weeks. But like people are hitting this one at minus one eighteen here. People are tapping it. I mean, Tyler Boyd fifty. I mean, just like you can't feel good about these. AJ Green is is like a ghost. The ball's thrown his way and just like it went. <laughs> Uh, don't don't bet on the Bengals this week if you like the – I mean, this game's a 10-and-a-half favorite for the Dolphins here. And that's, like, pretty crazy because if that's Ryan Fitzpatrick, I feel really good about that. If it's Tua, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I know, know, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm doing a live show tonight at 6 o'clock p.m., and I'm, the reason I'm doing it at 6 is because I'm just hoping we get, you know, that news dump before 5 o'clock. Yeah, that'd be nice. Get all the shefty bombs that we need. So I'll probably go over some things later tonight. What's crazy is if, if if you told a Miami fan, like you're you're double digit favorites in a game in 2020, what happened? And they would have been like, "Oh, Tua, he must be an all star. Like he must be having the Herbert season. Like we're playing the Jets." <laughs> yeah, right. That's so probably that's instance there. But let's move on to the Jaguars and the Vikings. I'm very interested in this one because I'm a weird Mike Glennon stand. I think he's actually bringing some stability to the offense. And I watched, I rewatched that game because I, I got the NFL ticket and you can actually rewatch the games uh, up until like Wednesday or Thursday. And I watched it 
I know, and he played against the Browns, which he he played really well against the Browns. I, I have really good vibes for Ryan Tannehill and the Titans offense this weekend. But Mike Glennon going up against the Vikings, this was a team that a defense that we were targeting heavily with their pass their their pass secondary. And they get DJ Chark back. They get Chris Conley back. Are, are they back? Are we are we confirmed on these guys now? I, Let me pull up this uh, practice reports here. They did. I, I know. I'm pretty sure yesterday they said DJ Chark is going to play. He got a full practice in yesterday. Nice. Okay. Limited, so he's questionable. But I mean, he got limited all week, so he's trending towards playing. And then I didn't see Levisky or Keelan Cole on it. So there's a good chance that they get at least their top three back for sure. And Chris Conley was their fourth for the most part. Yeah. So I think. I mean, you get the top three. James Robinson's playing really well. I do think the the Jaguars can be a little bit stingy here for the Vikings. And just out of curiosity, I'm just I just wanted to see what we have for. Uh, I think we, we I think we have all this one in. Yeah. Mike Glenn, two forty, dude. You gotta like what you're seeing there. So I mean, let me let me just pull up. Uh, With getting Chark and Conley back, uh, Colin Johnson, uh, Colin deep, Johnson, deep dynasty stash. Uh, he's not gonna do you anything if you in a redraft. You're hoping maybe he Chark would be out, but uh, dynasty so the, leagues. The man hit two thirty five last week against Cleveland. He went twenty for thirty. This is without DJ Chark mm-hmm. and Conley. Uh, mm-hmm. Throws for two touchdowns, two thirty five, and we're looking right at. Uh, at two thirty nine point five here, this one's in Minnesota, and it's so that's in a dome. That's a fast track. Hmm, it feels dirty. It feels really dirty to bet on Mike Lennon, but I'm <laughs> I like to look where other people don't look. So I'm interested in it. As far as let me just use touchdown props real quick. He's got one point five, and it's plus one thirty. Can he hit two? Are can you in there? Two? I think he can hit two, dude. I mean, I think Kirk is gonna Kirk's been the, one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league, uh, which is weird to say. I don't like that. But uh, if, if Cousins is scoring points, Glennon's going to be throwing the ball and take touchdowns. I mean, James Robinson can catch touchdowns. He's been doing that. Oh, James Robinson does everything, man. Before we talk about these uh, these rushing props, I just want to – we got a question real quick from Patrick here. Do we start Jarvis Landry or Michael Thomas? We were kind of talking up Jarvis Landry just a few minutes ago, and he's really the only game in town. The man just had a huge game. Michael Thomas with Taysom Hill going up against Atlanta. Atlanta's defense is playing much better. I know they kind of got you know beat up pretty badly two weeks ago when they played the Saints, but this is a different game. Yeah, that one's in Atlanta. Are you feeling the Jarvis Landry in a game where the over under is fifty three for a point goal? Whereas here, let me let me just quick check the uh, the Saints Falcons game. It's low, man. It's it's oh, going to be yeah. a grinder. So, to me, I think I'm think I'm going with Landry in this one just because he's coming off a really hot game. They only they only have two receivers basically healthy. Uh, this, this should be a really good target game for him. And Tennessee's defense, man, um, if you guys haven't checked out my um, the Fantasy Fellowships, we got our, our week start sit charts here. Uh, I've been doing something new this year where I actually add in uh, something that's really helpful for me, but I like to show the matchups here. Tennessee's defense is garbage. They've been bright green matchups all maybe the last month and a half, and they're actually really bad against the secondary here. They allow 416 PPR points to the receiver group alone, which ranks 29. So I do think Jarvis Landry over Michael Thomas makes sense. Would you co-sign on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just I'm trying to think of where, where are the check mark on my pro cons. I mean, where's the pro for Michael Thomas? Talent is the only pro I see. Jarvis Landry has the quarterback. He's got the match chair, maybe. He has the targets. I mean, he's getting more targets. I mean, Michael Thomas. In, in two wins, what has he done in these in these last two wins? Uh, he hasn't done anything. We got we got the spectrum set. We have the low end and the high end. 
Right. So, and with Jarvis Landry, I know like they're both very low volume passing offenses, but at least Landry with 11 targets last weekend, you have some hope here. Uh, the week before, not very good though. Two targets. That game was against Philadelphia, where they didn't really need to throw that game. Um, so I think you're probably somewhere in this. In this, maybe at worst, I think you're going to see five to six targets in a game where we expect it to be high scoring, a lot of throwing. Uh, so I think I'm going to lean with Landry in this one. I'll 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 take the over on. What, what are you going to set the over under on Landry catches this week or Landry Landry targets this week? Mm, eight and a half. I would take. I was thinking. I was thinking eight and a half as well. I'll take the over on that. So he's got a good chance at at least six catches, probably. And then he's also wondering: Do we consider Chark? I'm not sure if he's asking if the, those are the three options. Do we just pick one? Uh, I do think I would rank Chark over Michael Thomas. The, I mean, the, the Minnesota Vikings defense. As we just looked at the uh, the Titans here. Let me just pull up the Vikings here. They're not much. They're they're actually worse. <laughs> they allow one more point per game here at 42.6. I think Chark and Landry, both guys, are really good options here. But Mike Glennon, man, he's got nothing to lose. He's got he's got a good deep ball and Chark. I mean, we saw Colin Johnson go for four for ninety six and a touchdown. DJ Chark, that was his role that uh, the rookie actually played really well in. So for me, I think I'm going to go Chark, Landry, Thomas. I'll still take Landry over Chark, uh, just because of a more of a safety. Con- I think continuity. Uh, we Mike Glennon still is not quite. Acreverse. It's a little unknown. Uh, I think it's a matchup where the Cleveland's more desperate for the win. Probably gonna be a higher scoring game. I don't. I don't it's only a two two point difference here for the line. For the yeah, that's close. I'll, I'll take the Browns to score more points than the Jags. I, I, I think more target concentration. Um, so I think it's close. I think Michael Thomas is the clear third option, which is the wildest statement of 2020. Jarvis Landry, Chark, or Michael Thomas, and you're telling me. <laughs> so I guess we're while we're talking about Jaguars and the Vikings here, we, we have some rushing numbers here. We got five and a half for Mike Glenn, and that's plus 115. Uh, I'm curious, did he scramble at all last week against right. uh, the Browns here? What do you think he got? You got six yards. You got six. Uh oh. Um. No, we're not taking. It's that. plus one fifteen. So I, I, I mean, I can't blame you if you throw a tenner on that. But is that going to is that going to be one of our top like eight, ten? You know, our top bets that we're going to put on our website for people to look at. I don't know, man. We we have such a limited pool of bets right now. It's dirty. So. Dirty. <laughs> I think I'll take. All right, Mike Lennon's passing over under or his rushing over under. We'll consider one of those. I think I'm optimistic about the passing over just because he's getting DJ Chark back and he's got some other weapons there. Yeah, um, five and a half at plus 115. You know I like that. You know I like that. Because we know he's going to get the ball at least. He, they're going to rush it with him at least 20 times. And yeah, he's a safety net. Three and a half yard per carry average. The dude went for 128, 73 against Pittsburgh. He put 73 down against Pittsburgh and 109 against Green Bay, 99 against Houston, 119 against the Chargers. Do we just kind of fall into this? That's a low number here, 77 and a half. Um, I guess while we're here, let me just pull up. And I just, I'm just curious what the Vikings have been allowing for yardages to lead backs. It's probably pretty – pretty. it's a lot more than uh, Pittsburgh, I'll tell you that much. So the total was what seventy seven and a half. Yeah, okay. seventy seven. Last weekend, Mike Davis, Trenton Cannon, Rodney Smith. I would probably feel really good if Christian McCaffrey was in that game. He would have hit that. But the week oh. before, 
Zeke Elliott, 103. Tony Pollard busted one off for 60. So 160 yards between two guys there. I think that's a really good telling sign. Look at that Chicago game. That game, yeah. <laughs> that one was just a crapshoot there. <laughs> Swift did it 64 yards on 13 attempts. Yeah, 13 carries. Hitting 13 attempts in the first half. Yep. So that's, that feels really good. Jamal Williams, 16 for 75. That feels really good. Uh, Todd Gurley, we don't really have any any confidence in the Atlanta rushing game, but he had 20 carries for 47 yards. That's a little alarming there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Carson just eight. For, that wasn't the game he got hurt, right? Yeah. Carson in the Minnesota game, I think he had to leave early. Eight carries, so he would have got there. And then Dave Johnson, 16 for 63. King Henry, 119. Jonathan Taylor hits 101. I think I might lean in like, – if. I think I'd rather feel more comfortable betting on Robinson's rushing over here than, than taking Clennon. He's the best player in this game. Yeah, I wish we had a combo, but we don't get receiving plus rushing yards anymore from DK. They removed it? I haven't seen it in the last three weeks, man. So mm, They must not have a good uh, good read on those then. They ain't got a good read on shit. They need to hire some new people to make these lines. But uh, are, we, are we ignoring Dalvin Cook at 107.5? We are typically an optimistic bunch where we want to take the over. Is the 107.5 a little optimistic, though? Like, is that worth an under consideration? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it just depends on what uh, his health status. I mean, Mike's, uh, we got one coach saying he's, he's busted up. We got one coach saying he's fine. Uh, it's one of those. It's a weird situation. Too much ambiguity. In, ambiguity for me in terms of rushing yards the jaguars have allowed the sixth most to running backs here a little over 100 per game uh if we just quick look and see what they've been allowing nick chubb hit 144 in this team with 19 carries kareem hunt had 62 by himself there james connor 89 uh really that's really the best comparison i think for nick chubb in this game for dalvin cook deandre swift hit 116 joe mixon 151 so there is some really good opportunity here for him to hit that i just think i'd rather uh, I'd rather yeah, stay, stay away uh, from got, that for now. We got a question real quick from Patrick Stig here. Naheem Hines or Raheem Mostert? I think this one's really simple for me. Give me Raheem Mostert. Yep. Uh, Give me the volume. I just know what I'm getting. The volume. This game's against Buffalo. If we look really quickly here, let me just scroll down here. These are in the start sit charts on the fantasyfellowship.com. Uh, Buffalo, not very great against the run here. They do allow 24 and a half points basically to the running backs alone. I have uh, I have really really good feeling about Raheem Mostert. It was his first game back last week. Gets his conditioning in against the Rams. He also scores a touchdown, and that was a stingy defense from the Rams too. So they're going up mm-hmm. against a softer uh, opponent here in Buffalo. I like Naheem Hines, but you got this huge range of outcomes where you're either going to get five or you're going to get probably twenty. Uh, I think I feel safest with Raheem Mostert there. Jesse, do you do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, you, you hit that one good. Um, so as far as, I mean, if we're interested in this, this Jaguars Vikings game, man, this one, we've been, we've, we're kind of into this one for some reason. So we got, uh, we got a couple, uh, receiving lines here. I guess everything's uploaded. So we see Justin Jefferson chilling at 67 and a half. You got, uh, Adam Thielen, 68 and a half. I, I Justin Jefferson, man, we, we put money on him last week. We were off by three yards. He hit 70 total. Uh, but as we've seen with him, it, you, sometimes it just takes him one play to hit that. So that's a pretty low mark that interests me. Do you have any feelings towards Jefferson or Adam Thielen? Yeah, so uh, I think we should go back to the – I think it's fair to say that we can go back to that Justin Jefferson well. I mean – We can't be wrong, sent, can we? Yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen's back, but we've seen Adam Thielen tends to be more of like that. He's the high-value guy. He gets the touchdown looks. 
he gets to move the sticks looks and then Jeff- Jefferson's the chunk yardage guy um he was so close like you said last week so close wow one more catch in the two games that he played with Thielen, 86 yards in week 11 135 against Chicago 64 against Detroit I don't know what happened against oh that was the game where Kirk Cousins threw like 12 times against Green Bay and then 166. I think this is all looking pretty good for Justin Jefferson for me. I mean, again, Adam Thielen was out, but you you have this range of targets of five to ten, and Kirk Cousins is playing some good football right now. And as you enter, you know, you submit uh, Adam Thielen back into the lineup. Defenses have to account for that. You can't double team one or the other really. So I think Justin Jefferson, not only is he a lower by one point here, uh, but he's also got momentum. And you see Thielen at minus 124. People are hitting that button but not the Jefferson one. So I kind of like Curly Jefferson this week. Give me the Jefferson button. Hey, I will be back in five minutes. Five minutes? Keep it rolling. Yeah, uh, if you guys got any questions in the chat room, fire them up. We're we're just kind of looking at some lines here. We've been talking quite a bit about the Jaguars and the Vikings. Uh, This game does have a really high implied point total at 51. Only I think one game has more points. So there's probably going to be a lot of fantasy points to have in this one. Um, as far as receiving overs, DJ Chark's just at 55 and a half. And the reason I'm interested in him is let's pull up this uh, this Jaguars-Browns game from last weekend. Mike Lennon threw the ball for 235 yards in this one. Uh, again, this was just last week. Mike Lennon's first start. He's going up against the Minnesota Vikings this week. So you see Glennon goes 20 of 35, 235, and two touchdowns. Without DJ Chark, his leading receiver was the rookie Colin Johnson, who basically just filled in for the DJ Chark role. He had eight targets, uh, four for 96, and a touchdown. So if 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 you're liking DJ Chark against uh, one of the easier opponents as far as uh, allowing fantasy points to the wide receivers, let me just go back to this number real quick here. Uh, this is on the fantasyfellowship.com, but we do see the Minnesota Vikings – are the basically the 30th ranked team against the the, the wide receivers in PPR points. So you see 42.6 total points there. This could be a really nice spot for DJ Chark, I think, uh, especially since we saw some success. And Mike Lennon's probably going to favor him in targets. You see eight targets for the leading Colin Johnson last weekend. Uh, but Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chenault, these guys are all healthy here. James Robinson also had five uh, receptions, 31 yards on six targets from Glennon. So he's not afraid to check down to James Robinson. And you see Robinson's only at 25 and a half yards here, which really intrigues me. We, we just talked about Robinson's 77 and a half rushing yards, but he's also got 25 and a half receiving yards. So I think, uh, I think Jesse and I are going to have to put our heads together and really figure out some of these bets. But for now, I think, I think at 55 and a half, I mean, the leading receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars to just be 55 and a half. Again, we see last weekend, Colin Johnson hits 96. Keelan Cole's up there with 44. Uh, I think I'm going to, I think I might put DJ Chark on this list. And then uh, we're probably going to talk about James Robinson. Uh, If I go back here, I'm going to, because we kind of just make our list here and we just check some names and talk about these later, but I'm going to hit James Robinson over 77 and a half. So if you guys have any more questions on the Jaguars Vikings game, we can, we can uh, hit those in the comments. Otherwise, I'm going to move on and start to get into the Saints and this Falcons game. We've been kind of looking basically at these over-unders implied point totals here. This is at 46, really low for a, a traditional Saints-Falcons game. But because this is a Taysom Hill offense, I mean, they're, they're just not throwing the ball very much. And in terms of passing yards here, or let me hit passing yards real quick. So they got Matt Ryan, 
264 and a half. Taysom Hill at 189 and a half. This is just too risky for me to bet on Taysom Hill there. If I'm going to do any kind of money bet on Taysom Hill, it's going to be probably to score a touchdown. And we'll look at his rushing yards in a second here. But since we're looking at Matt Ryan, 264 and a half, let's just pull up because uh, we did we did this we saw this game two weeks ago. Atlanta did play uh, in New Orleans and they lost 24 to nine. What did Matt Ryan do here? Uh, 232, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Again, this was the game where Julio Julio played like just maybe the first quarter. He goes two for 39 here. So I do think uh, we're, we're seeing Julio trending towards playing this weekend, which is a really, really good sign. Uh, Calvin Ridley had a good game, five for 90 in this one. Russell Gage, seven for 58. Essentially, you like Russell Gage whenever Julio or Ridley are out just because we know he's going to get targets. But if you're telling me we get a healthy Ridley, a healthy Julio, and then Hayden Hurst is healthy as well, I think this could be, again, this is, a, the, this is the worst case scenario for the Falcons offense. And Matt Ryan, 232, and they're basically saying 264 is his over-under. Um, I just want to pull out Matt Ryan's numbers from the last few weeks before I talk more about this. Um, so Matt Ryan, 185, 232, and then he was 284, 281, and then he had some really good games here. Uh, but again, this game's at home. So, they, did, I mean, they, they just torched the Raiders 43-6 to last week, and, uh, and, and they just kind of didn't have to do much. Uh, but we do see the last two home games, uh, he's been over that number, 284, 338, 230, I don't really know that much there. Uh, but, yeah, I guess uh, I'm seeing some comments here. Ask away, Harris. Um, we can uh, – is Carson for Mostert a good trade? You would get Carson. Um, I kind of see that as uh, basically similar backs. I do like Chris Carson. I like the Seattle offense and Mostert kind of had, I guess both guys are pretty injury prone as well. They've, you know, they've been in and out of the lineups all season. Uh, as far as uh, a good trade or not, I'm going to first look at the schedule here for San Francisco. They play Buffalo. That's a really good matchup there. They play Washington. We'll see about that. Uh, but then, they can, then they're going to play the Cowboys and the Cardinals for the fantasy playoffs. This looks like maybe three out of four games here that I really like uh, our guy Raheem Mostert. And then if we just quick check out the Seattle schedule. Uh, the Giants, solid matchup. Jets, solid matchup. Uh, this Washington team, they, they kind of limit running backs. I don't know if you guys remember what Ezekiel Elliott was able to not do on Thanksgiving, but really tough matchup. I guess both teams do play Washington. So that's a tough matchup there. And the Rams, they, they're going to limit probably the yards uh, for the Seahawks, but I do think that there's a good opportunity uh, for a touchdown there. I think with Raheem Mostert, we know that when Raheem Mostert is healthy, he is like the kind of the clear guy. Chris Carson's also kind of have to, he also has to deal with a little bit with, with Carlos Hyde at the moment. Um, so I think for this one, I, it's a preference call. If you are more of a fan of Carson, I, I, I'm totally cool with you wanting Carson in that one. Uh, but to me, it's kind of a push and it's more of a preference move for me. I think I like Raheem Mostert just because that's a more run, uh, centric offense where they're, that that's how they're going to move the ball. And, uh, Mostert looked pretty good last weekend against the Rams. So I do like that. Uh, we got Harris asking here. Uh, and this is for the playoffs. So this is a rest of season schedule. J.D. McKissick or Noah Fant PPR. So assuming you're going to plug one of these guys into the flex spot, um, J.D. McKissick, Noah Fant. I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in this Broncos offense right now. Um, let's just take a look quick at the Broncos schedule the rest of the way here. So Chiefs, Panthers, Bills, Chargers. Uh, the Bills and Chargers 
Uh, I think they're both pretty low in terms of allowing tight end points. Let me double check this real quick. Uh, but I, I do think McKissick, he didn't have a great game last week, uh, but that was because they were just able to control that game uh, from the start. They didn't really need to throw the ball with McKissick, so they just leaned into the run there. Uh, but against the tight ends, you see Buffalo here. They are the third worst. Chargers are the ninth worst, so that's a really good matchup for potential Noah Fan points. But Fan's also kind of dinged up right now. Uh, I don't really have a lot of trust in uh, our guy Drew Locke right now either. So let's just look at the Washington football schedule for comparison here. Steelers, that should be a game where they have to throw the ball a little bit more than they're comfortable with. The 49ers, this could be a, a kind of grinded out game where I could see McKissick kind of being favored as well. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and Washington here. Um, in terms of that, that, could, that could go either way here. I do think Seattle should be able to score, so maybe more passing there. And this one should favor Antonio Gibson. So, uh, I think I'm going to lean, I guess, let me just see what, I, I just, I don't think I trust the Broncos offense. I think I'm going to go with J.D. McKissick in this one. Uh, if Julio plays, should I start him over Landry and Chark? Uh, I think so. Give me Julio in that one for sure. Um, I, I, I just, I, I would hate it if I, if I benched Julio and then you see that eight for 122 and two touchdown kind of thing going on. Uh, but for the most part here, this is the player prop show. So I want to get back to the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, I will be doing another show tonight if you guys have more start sick questions at 6 o'clock uh, central time tonight. So that's when I'm going to be able – because I'm, I'm also waiting on a bunch of news and we're in reports here. So 6 o'clock will be uh, a better opportunity for start sick questions. As far as player props here, though, uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this Matt Ryan 264.5 over. I think he could have a good game, especially if Julio Jones – if Julio Jones does play, I, I really like Matt Ryan and the, the Falcons passing offense in this one. In terms of rushing yards, we do see they got Taysom Hill at 45 and a half. I don't know if I feel great about that. Alvin Kamara, 58 and a half. Latavius Murray, 42 and a half. It looks like they're waiting on Todd Gurley uh, to be declared in or out because we don't see any Atlanta Falcons uh, over-unders there. And then for receiving yards... Hmm. They got Calvin Ridley in there, but they don't have Julio yet. So uh, as far as this looks, Calvin Ridley at 64 and a half, I, I really like Calvin Ridley. And I, to be honest, I like Calvin Ridley, even if Julio plays, we've seen those two play really good together. Uh, and again, this one's in Atlanta. Um, so I think when Jesse gets back, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that and, and kind of double back here. Uh, but I'm going to just going to check Calvin Ridley 64 and a half. Let's just pull up and see what he's been doing the last couple games here. The last weekend without Julio, he goes five for 90 or six for 50. So that's a weird low game here. But again, they were up 40. I mean, they won 43 to six. They did not need to throw the ball as much as they did. Five for 90 against the Saints earlier this year. I think I'm interested in that low line of 50, or 64 and a half there. Um, so I'm going to, we talked about all those there. Let's go back and look at the, the game lines here. So we got the Lions and the Chicago Bears. This one, it's actually projected to be a low-scoring game, 44 and a half here. Uh, but I think if you guys have been watching my shows this week, uh, I've been pulling this up quite a bit. And, uh, dang, can't hit it. So there's a website that I really like called StatMuse. And it's, like as it says here, ask about a player, game, or record. So I'm going to type in Mitchell Trubisky versus Lions, and then I'll just add the word game logs. 
And Mitch Trubisky has – this is probably his best op opponent in his career. He's had his best games against the Detroit Lions. The last four games he's thrown for three touchdowns. He's gone over 300 yards in two of these games. Um, and it looks like they – I can't really see if they won or lost. But, again, some of his best work here. He's got 12 touchdowns in four games. Just out of curiosity, let's see what the the touchdown total passes is for Mitch Trubisky. Because if it's if it's one and a half, I like the over here. I like Mitch Trubisky to probably hit two touchdowns. But I also like uh, I, I really like David Montgomery in this one. Because I guess if you guys recall, um, Detroit Lions are one of the worst teams against the running back in terms of fantasy points here. Let's just look at this real quick. Uh, the Lions are allowing. They've allowed the most rushing touchdowns. So the Texans and the Lions, they both allowed 14 touchdowns here. The thing with the Lions, though, is that they've, they've also allowed seven rushing or receiving touchdowns. So 21 combined, that is easily the most touchdowns in the league to running backs here. So the Lions, David Montgomery, that one feels really good. Let's just quick look and see what the touchdown odds are in this one for the Bears. Because I have a really good feeling about David Montgomery in this one. Uh, he should be pretty heavily favored to score. So David Montgomery at plus 105, we are going to smash this one. David Montgomery, this is probably the hottest pick of, uh, of the group here at plus 105. Uh, just out of curiosity, if you were to throw a 20 piece at that, you're going to make an, a $21 bet there. So I feel really good about David Montgomery here just because everything's pointing to this game being essentially a really good spot for the Bears, the Lions. They got new coaching staff, so they, they could they could kind of bounce back a little bit here. But I'm just going to lean into what we've been seeing with this Lions team. They just have not been playing good. We saw Duke Johnson and uh, CJ Procise score against them last weekend. They both caught touchdowns. And David Montgomery, he was able to score last weekend against Green Bay. A little bit tougher matchup. Uh, but again, we did see that the Lions are allowing the most rushing touchdowns. They're also allowing the most receiving touchdowns. And then on top of that, you got Mitch Trubisky throwing three touchdowns uh, against the Lions in his last four games. So this one feels like one of the locks here. I'm going to lock David Montgomery in to score a touchdown. Uh, must start probably the easy smash play of the of the week here. We're also waiting, I guess, on some de de like the Detroit practice reports. We don't know if DeAndre Swift is going to play. So I'm really hesitant to want to invest in any of my Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay is probably not playing in this one. I don't even see his name on the list. So, yeah, he's not. Kenny Galladay is out for this one. Allen Robinson at plus 105 is also interesting because if we'd like Mitch Trubisky to throw some touchdowns, you know, Allen Robinson would probably be the guy to do that. So I do like uh, – I'm very interested in these guys. Since we're looking at it, let's just uh, double-check the, the rushing yards here, see what they got for – Montgomery at 61 and a half. That's at minus 124. So people are hitting this one. They do like the the over under uh, on Montgomery here to hit basically 62 yards. Um, we got Jesse coming back here. Jesse, what do you think the odds are for a David Montgomery touchdown this weekend? David Montgomery, what do I think the odds are? If I were to set them, I would say it's plus 150. Right now. Oh, we gotta get that one in oh before it changes. I was very shocked when I saw that. Um, so I, I pulled up the stat muse for people when wow. we looked at the the or the Mitch Trubisky three touchdowns in the last four games against the Lions, and then um, I pulled up the yeah, wow, <laughs> one hundred five. Okay, Plus? so you you throw what? you throw a twenty five piece at that, you're you're making twenty six twenty five there. So 
easy double double up your money, guys. If you guys play on DraftKings or if you play DraftKings, uh, I don't live in a legal state, so I use Bovada. You got to find you got to find some other website. So if you guys uh, are able to play, David Montgomery is probably the one smash play. But I, well, I don't want to refresh Why? this because if that that's almost too good to be true. Um, and then the other thing that I pulled up here for the people is I showed them that the Detroit Lions have allowed the most rushing touchdowns at 14 on the season. Um, and then they've also allowed the most receiving touchdowns to running backs. So they've allowed a total of 21 uh, touchdowns just to the running backs in 11 games. So like, and, and we were talking, uh, I, I would probably put a couple dollars on Montgomery to score two touchdowns in this one. That is, I like, what's that at? Um, so is there a to score plus two touchdowns here? Let me just scroll on down. So David Montgomery at plus 525. Hmm. That's reasonable. So what would that win? You throw, you throw a 10, 10 piece on that. You're going to take home 52 bucks. So that's basically a, that's a five Xer. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good about that. Um, maybe even if you wanted to just kind of throw, a five dollar at that. You, again, you're five xing your money with this five twenty five here. So a really good spot for David Montgomery here. I'm not going to click on that, but for sure you're going to see on our on our website in the link below where we have our player props. You're going to see David Montgomery uh, probably be the number one bet on our on our website here. Um, I did kind of brisk over the 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 Falcons Saints game. <sighs> Nothing really stuck out. I did like I like Calvin Ridley. Uh, let me get back to the receiving yards here. We, I, I'm assuming Julio Jones plays, right? Yes. As of yesterday's practice, he says he didn't feel anything bad. He feels good. He was able to run every route he wanted. So that's yeah. usually good enough for Julio to play. So knowing that Calvin Ridley and Julio are probably going to play, what would the – I guess what do you want the Matt Ryan passing yards line to be for you to bet the over? Off the top of your head here. Off the top of my head, I think like uh, New Orleans defense is coming on hot, but I would say like around like 250, 260, I'd probably be taking the over. It's right at the sweet spot there. So 64 and a half. Instead of probably betting into that, I do think Calvin Ridley at 64 and a half does intrigue me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me again, let me just double check that. Again, Matt Ryan at 264 and a half. So and people are, are kind of leaning into that one at minus one oh nine. I wonder if they pounded that before Julio news came out and they were thinking if Julio's out, we'll take advantage of this line. I, I don't know. I think with Julio, I mean, I think he's first the Saints in his career. This one's in. This one's he in. He never had two bad games. Is there a season where he's had two bad games against New Orleans? I just I think Atlanta's coming in with some momentum. This team is playing for their coach, Raheem Morris. They want to keep him around. Um, and then you factor in this in a game where they got beat 24 to nine, two weeks ago, he still put up, he put up 232 and that's without Julio Jones, basically for three quarters, Julio caught two for 39 in that game before he exited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Atlanta, man, they had a get right game last weekend against the Raiders. They're feeling good. This Julio, is a different team. This is not the same team from two weeks ago. <sighs> 264 and a half. I'm, I'm intrigued with that. Would you, if you had to take one, are you taking Matt Ryan, 264 and a half. That way you get both Ridley and Julio. Or do you want to just take the Ridley, 64 and a half, and then maybe we can also look at the the Julio uh, over when it does come out. 
64 and a half feels like a good number for Kelvin Ridley this week. Yep. So I did, so I, I, probably I, that I did put that on the site. I don't know if I feel great about it. Um, there also was another one here that while you're away, I did, I did click on DJ Chark. He's at 55 and a half, man. Um, on DJ Chark. He's, he's something to think about. I know we, we were, we're 0-1 on DJ Chark bets uh, recently, but I mean, if, if, if you, if I tell you DJ Chark is going to get nine targets, is he hitting 55 and a half? Yes. How many targets do you think Colin Johnson got last week as the, the leading receiver on the outside? I'm going to guess he got nine targets. Yeah, eight. Yeah, that's an interesting one. 55 and a half. DJ Chark can do that in maybe three catches. Average a little 20 yards per catch there. And again, it's Vikings. It's it's on the road. Uh, we'll see about that. I think if I'm going to take a Jaguar, though, I do like James Robinson at 77 and a half. Um, but – I don't know. We've, this is not a Jaguar show, so we probably talked too much about them there. Yeah. In terms of looking back at the schedule here, we did just kind of cover the Lions and the Bears. Uh, I did hit that Mitch Trubisky. Okay, what do you think the what do you think the passing touchdown over is for Mitch Trubisky? It's oh, it's probably at one and a half. It's at one and a half. Is it is it? It's probably like minus one twelve. Let me hit that real quick. Minus one twelve, one and a half. Are you interested? Would you rather go in on that, or would you rather just put more into the David Montgomery plus 105 any touchdown? I could just put my whole card on Ooh. David Montgomery oh, touchdown. Really wow. <laughs> um, I, Montgomery, if you're going to take one bet this week, Montgomery at plus 105 is yeah, – That might be the only bet we put on the site. We're just going to put it down eight times. You just – Yeah. Just hit that one. <laughs> if there's a mega bet, smash. Can you think about another bet since we've been doing this show that we've – felt better about like if there was any bet to come true i love Taysom hills tds last two weeks we've been getting we got we, we pounded those uh those felt really good the antonio gibson touchdowns have felt really good and montgomery here feels really good like those are hmm. they don't they don't give us the chicago bears detroit lions passing yards here for trubisky or stafford in terms of rushing yards they got uh, Monty at 61 and a half. People are kind of leaning into that one. I'd rather take the touchdown 15 and a half for Trubisky. Not really interested there in terms of uh, receiving yards, only Montgomery with 20 and a half. So I think for the Chicago bears Weird. fall into that stupid David Montgomery touchdown line. Uh, that's almost too good to be true at this point. Mm -hmm. um, Seattle and the New York giants here. Uh, just quick takeaways. Is there any matchups or certain players that you think uh, are going to be in really good spots? Just even like in terms of like fantasy football in general, like who do you think is going to be, uh, I guess, the leading touchdown guys, the leading yards producers, any any positive reads here? Sure. I mean, I, I, just quick, quick take on the Giants is Colt McCoy. It's a lot of unknown. It's probably more Evan Ingram. Um, and then on the Seahawks side of the ball, I think it's time to see Chris Carson kind of lead your fantasy squads coming into the playoffs. His run is, you know, last week he, he was limited. It was intentional. Carroll said, yeah, we're going to get Carson the ball more, and I think it's going to be time to shine. Ooh, um, since we're you're talking about Carson right now, we did have a question in here in from the chat room from Patrick. He asked, is Carson or for Mostert a good trade? He would get Carson. For the rest of the season, I kind of told him it's a push. Uh, I feel really good about both guys. They're both kind of injury prone as well, but you're also getting the better offense with Seattle. But then with Mostert, you're, that's a run-heavy offense where you kind of know 
you know, that's what's going to happen there. But I guess I told them if, if you are into Carson, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a preference one way or the other. I like both players. I know you're also a Carson guy. So do you, do you feel the same way there? I, uh, I think I lean Carson myself slightly, just like you said, better offense. And I think the Seattle is going to go back to the run game a little bit. We've uh, just, seen hints at this, you know, the last two games, we're seeing hints at this being more of a run heavy offense. And even if Carson, you know, isn't getting as much work as Mostert, I think he scores more touchdowns than Mostert. Again, better, better offense. So, and then I just looked at Carson's TD odds for this week and it's plus 115. So do with that what you will. I guess they got the, the receivers at minus. The Giants are decent against the run, right? The Giants perspective. Sterling Shepard, man, he's been over five catches. He's, he's got – so ignoring his week two here that I have on the screen against Chicago, the dude's mm-hmm. caught more than six balls every game. And yeah. in terms of a PPR play, I really like him. He's got a really high safe floor of double digits. So before I get into – I, I really don't like the Giants at all, even Wayne Gallman to score. I'm, I'm kind of nervous about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just I'm, I don't see any receptions for this game, unfortunately. Uh, but I would be interested if they set that uh, Sterling Shepard line a little low. If it's anything, if it's five and a half, I'm really liking Colt McCoy. Who Colt McCoy is a see it, throw it kind of player. He's not going to throw people open. He's not going to make anticipation throws. He's going to hit Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard like on quick slant, essentially. Yeah, um, and it is Seattle. So remember, I mean, we've been hitting Seattle all year. They're better, but is Carlos Dunlap officially out for this game? It, it's looking not great here. Let me just pull that up. I don't think he practiced all week. Typically, you want at least one limited practice in from your guy. He did not practice again all week. But, um, but also, you see no Trey Flowers. Doubtful. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, when, when Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams both came back, that was a huge boost to Seattle. We saw some good good weeks for that defense. Uh, Carlos Dunlap will obviously take a hit because that – he opened their pass rush up, which just makes the secondary better uh, with no pass rush and a good Giants offensive line. Um, Colt McCoy might have some time back there to kind of make the right throw. Like you said, he's a see it, throw it. Um, so, I mean, I, I like where your, your head was at thinking Shepard, Ingram. Um, I guess in terms of player props in this game, we got nothing. We got Russell Wilson for rushing at 25, yeah. uh, whatever, uh, for receiving yards real quick while we're here. DK Metcalf, 77 and a half. Do you just fall into this? Like, like he's outside of like Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill. DK is on, he's on one right now, man. Yards against the Giants. I know James Bradbury is, is decent, but I just feel like DK Metcalf playing really good football. Tyler Lockett, 59 and a half. Is it the Lockett game? Apparently, the odds, you know, he's at minus 125. People are liking the Lockett line here. Uh, but I have a hard time ignoring Metcalf at seven and a half when he's been probably over that in like all but two games this year. Bradbury or not, DK can do anything against anyone except apparently Patrick Peterson. Uh, he got he got well, Peterson. He yeah, he got him for a touchdown. But I mean, still, you know, look, look at the game compared to his other other weeks. Okay, so we're seeing three games on the season here under those those totals here. I guess yes, Patrick Peterson held him below that 77 and a half line and Jalen Ramsey got him here, but man, we just talked about this Seattle team going to a more run heavy uh, mentality, but Metcalf just took the target share last weekend. He just gobbled everything up. Um, Mm -hmm. And man, I just, 
the way he's playing, I, I think I'm interested in the 77 and a this, half. This last week when uh, – when who's the uh, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles? Jim uh, Schwartz? Jim Schwartz. He, uh, he gave – he basically gave Metcalf a compliment in saying he's not Calvin Johnson yet. And, like, when I, when I read the full quote, I'm like – and I'm like, I'm like, damn, like this is basically, I mean, Jim, he was there for Calvin Johnson. He saw it firsthand. Um, I, I mean, that, that's high praise. And, but, but DK, he took that as like, he took it as like a diss. And I think that is like, that is the kind of drive and confidence and ambition you want. And like superstars and Michael Jordan, you know, all these guys who are, who are superstars. That's so, the attitude you need. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is another player that he, you take Jordan Love. He's, he's doing middle fingers to the Packers yeah. organization right now and saying it, it, that kid's going to sit for a while. Let the boy watch. Um, and with DK Metcalf, he's he's talked about this a lot where he wants to show uh, – he was taken in the last pick of the second round, which means basically every team in the league had a shot to take him and nobody wanted him except Seattle. So he's on this he's on this FU tour right now, and he's making his rounds. I think he's coming to collect. It's at home against the Giants. I just – it's, it seems really easy for me to just keep rolling with some of these hot players. Uh, before we get any farther here, we got a question from our guy, Stephen Drakes. What's going on, Stephen? Thanks for hanging out on this Saturday afternoon. Would you start Miles Gaskin or Kenyon Drake? I know this one is a good question for you because you are a Kenyon Drake owner in a few leagues. So with Miles Gaskin, we know that the Dolphins are pretty banged up at running back. They just got Patrick Laird, who's not really a, a running back. He's more of a glorified fullback or receiving fullback. So Kenyon Drake. You got to be optimistic about those those rushing touchdowns last weekend. I do think they're a little bit nervous with Kyler Murray, so I don't really see a lot of upside for rushing touchdowns for Murray at this moment. And Kenyon Drake, they get in close, really good chance at scoring a touchdown. Any thoughts there? Yeah, I kind of backed into Drake in a few leagues and trades, and it's worked out well uh, the last couple of weeks. Like you said, that Murray sh- that Murray shoulder injury is really hurting him a lot. Um, not getting the rushing touchdowns, which then you look at all right, who benefits. Kenyon Drake's benefiting. Gaston's coming back his first week back. Uh, as I mentioned, though, he has been practicing in full the last couple of weeks, so he's ready to go, and he's ready to take on a 100% of the, of the snaps. I don't see anyone there. Maybe Patrick Laird dispels him for a little bit. But uh, Gaston's in the full workload, and it's against a much work, much weaker opponent. You're going against the Bengals, man. Yeah, Just, so. If Gaston's in, I'm doing Gaston. I think it's pretty yeah. simple. Uh, and then we got one more from Patrick here. Uh, Justin Herbert versus Josh Allen. Both guys have top five upside this weekend. You, got, you need a super flex league. You need a super. That's the that's the best answer. You got to play super flex league. That's a hell of a quarterback tandem. You would look like a genius in the super flex league. But oh. this is a one QB league, or maybe it is, and maybe these are your second and third QBs, which would be insane. Be insane. Uh, but Justin Herbert going up against Bill Belichick, that makes me a little bit shy there. But then you also got Josh Allen going against this revamped San Francisco, a healthy San Francisco 49ers defense with Richard Sherman, who's probably going to see a good amount of Stephon Diggs, probably also going to see Jason Verrett on Gabriel Davis. I think it might be a Cole Beasley game, but uh, I'm, I, I'm not super optimistic about both players. I do think Justin Herbert may be at home against the Patriots. I could see some good things there, but any thoughts on Allen versus Herbert here? It's a really tough one. Um, you have two really good quarterbacks in not the best matchups, but not the worst matchups. Um, I'd probably lean Justin Herbert as well at home against a slightly, you know, a defense that's been more exposed than they have in the years past. 
So in terms of <laughs> beautiful, in terms there you go. I mean, that's out of the quarterback. They're right next to each other. Uh, I do. I'm. A, I'm not sure what. What uh, if you could tell us what format you're playing in? I'm just gonna filter by ESPN here because I know that's four point passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's where you see again Patriots ranked 26, 49ers 24th. It's a difference of 0.6 points. I guess in terms of quarterbacks against the Patriots the last couple games here, Kyler Murray, not himself here, but Deshaun Watson had a blow up. Lamar Jackson had a blow up. Joe Flacco had a blow up. It's been a bad, it's been bad the last couple of weeks, man. I don't know. Do you, I, I have this feeling man. the 49ers, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I just, I have a, a feeling right now where San Francisco, they got that, that really crucial bye week a couple weeks ago. They got Sherman back. They got Mostert back. They got Debo and Ayuk back. There's whispers of Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle coming back. I think that team, again, this, I think this one's in San Francisco, which means it's in Arizona. I, I just think San Francisco right now is not a team that I want to bet against. So I mm-hmm. think I'm going to roll with Herbert, who's got Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. I, I think that's where I'm going to fall into on that side there. I would agree. I think I, I was in my head. I'm thinking, how how do the Chargers win this game? It's a dump off to Eckler, and Herbert's going to benefit from that. Sixteen targets last week. What the hell? Yeah, sixteen targets here. Um, so I guess we're going on about a, a little over an hour here. Do you have maybe ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes? I'm open, man. I'm open for the afternoon. Ooh, let's, so, let's do uh, another hour. Let's go till six o'clock. Hour, <laughs> let's crack some beers. Um, I, oh, I could throw a little Bailey's in my coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm fresh out of coffee. I'm going to have to, I'm probably hanging out with Josh in a couple hours here. So we'll, we'll, sure. we'll probably do some, do some day drinking, but anyways, I feel you got some time to plan uh, to hang out here. Let me yeah, just, got some time, baby. let's just roll in. Like I'm going to hit refresh here real quick. Cause I want to see what everything that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. Um, I don't know. What are some, like, should we just, we've been kind of on a good touchdown bet lately here. Um, and I, it's it's difficult to hit on a player's rushing, passing, receiving overs, things like that. Uh, but for some reason, we've got we've had a pretty good read in terms of touchdowns, and we've been hitting those a little bit more consistently. Um, I'm just going to scroll all the way to the bottom here, and let's just kind of work our way up. Uh, we do have Buffalo Bills, San Francisco 49ers. We technically don't – usually when we do this show, it's always a Saturday show. We don't really put uh, bets in for Monday night or Sunday night games, but mm-hmm. – Someone's going to score in Buffalo Bills 49ers game. Who's it going to be? Ooh, that's a, we got all plus odds. I mean, you got to yeah. like Raheem Mostert if it's if they get to the red zone. Smash Allen here, plus 175. Yeah, we liked him last week, and he came through for us. That's plus 17. That's even better odds. I think the 49ers might be better prepared to handle the Josh Allen. Yeah, linebackers are fast. So I – I kind of like I kind of like those uh, those Buffalo running backs there. Two twenty five. Those seem like some good value. What about Mostert at plus one one hundred five? If we like Montgomery to score, and again Mostert was able to score from pretty far out against the Rams, who are one mm-hmm. of the best defenses. Uh, I'm I'm interested in Mostert. I have a pretty good feeling that if the 49ers score, say they score three touchdowns, I would bet Raheem gets one of those. And then if uh, if you're looking at the receivers, Debo Samuel at plus one ninety. Like he's he saw thirteen targets last week. Mm-hmm. I know, and then I guess if we think about Tre'Davious White, Ayuk is back. That kind of Ayuk is back, so that it hurts. Ayuk's got some really good odds at two seventy five here. But if you think about how the Bills are going to play this offense straight up, 
and the 49ers, the way Kyle Shanahan schemes his players open, you're not going to see Tredavious White shadow, you know, Debo or Ayuk all game. Like they just, they just do such a good job creatively to get their guys in different spots and line them up in different spaces where they're going to get them the ball. So I could see Debo Samuel having a good game, but as far as who's going to score in this one, uh, Raheem Mostert makes the most sense. Again, he's plus 105. And I guess anybody else for Buffalo side, I think you're taking a risk here, whether it's Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, those would be my top three. But again, Zach Moss, maybe it's a Zach Moss kind of, you know, banger touchdown in at the yeah. Zach tends to get those goal line looks, right? So, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to pivot off Josh Allen getting the, the the end zone. I might go over to Moss for 225. Those seem like pretty good odds. Um, like you said, though, Mostert, it's a bad Bills rush defense. They're just going to give him the rock, and he'll probably get in at least once. I'm interested real quick, and in, uh, let's see what Buffalo has been doing in terms of allowing touchdowns. These uh these DK rushing touchdown odds are kind of nice this week. Yeah, I think this is uh, just from the, the the looking at it now. I think the touchdown odds have been uh, very appealing here. But the Buffalo Bills have allowed ten rushing touchdowns, so that's really good for Raheem Mostert against the 49ers here. They've only allowed six rushing touchdowns. They've also allowed three receiving touchdowns to running backs, so that's kind of interesting there. Uh, I don't really have a good read on if it's going to be Mostert or Singletary. If one were to catch a touchdown, I'd say it's Singletary. One's to run it, it's going to be Zach Moss. Uh, I guess if, if, if you if you had to pick one guy to score here, I think it's pretty simple for me. I'm going to stay away from Buffalo. I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. And Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair. Any more thoughts on that one? I kind of want to skip Washington-Pittsburgh game just because there's a couple injuries. We're, we're still waiting on, on reports there. Uh, the one guy that is probably going to be a favorite to score is going to be Antonio Gibson here at plus 140. Can he do it again? He's on a big old TD streak right now. How many touchdowns does he have in his last like five games? It's like seven or eight. It's pretty crazy. Um, there's going to be a team to stop him. It's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. You know, they're a pass funnel. Um, so the question is, does Washington get to that, you know, inside the five and Gibson can kind of sneak his way in there. That's the question. People are liking Washington for the upset. Um, I feel like the hype is kind of growing a little out of control here. So when that happens, I tend to kind of go the other way and think the Steelers are just going to be able to handle it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of cool with skipping over that game. Yeah. And, and, uh, I do want to get to this one question here from Patrick Sick. Uh, does he get George Kittle just so nobody else can get him for the playoffs? He already has Kelsey. Uh, the reports that I've read say George Kittle has an opportunity to come back, uh, opportunity to come back in Week 15. It's likely week 16, so if you think um, someone might add him and potentially play him against you in the fantasy championship, I, I and if, especially if you have an IR spot right now, it makes sense too. I don't know if you need to hold them on if you don't have an IR spot, but uh, Jesse, if you are Patrick here, do you just add Kittle so to kind of block? I think if you have an open IR spot, yes. And I guess, I mean, you'd have to have a guy that like you're just not going to use, like if it's Someone on your bench, and it's – I'm just trying to think of a name right now. If it's uh, a, a backup running back. Maybe if you had like a Duke Johnson or something. And, yeah, a Duke Johnson, something like that. Uh, or even at this point, Devin Singletary. Would you rather stash Singletary or Kittle? Uh, that's that's a question there. But uh, mm -hmm. that's a little messy there. So anything in this um, – I guess if we, if we pivot back to the Broncos-Chiefs game, Tyreek Hill, heavy favorite here at minus 155. Kelsey, 125, minus 125. Uh, I'm just I'm gonna skip this game. I don't really feel great about it. 
Yeah, it's it's gonna be a Chiefs blowout. So this one can be fun. Packers Eagles. Devonte Adams at minus one fifty five. He's gonna score once, maybe twice, maybe three times with a banged up Darius Slay with a calf injury. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's an Aaron Jones? I know we're playing against each other here in a game where you have to win, and I I don't need to win. Uh, but we haven't seen Aaron Jones score a touchdown in like two games. It does feel like Aaron Jones at minus 134. I don't like these odds here. If I was to bet on Devontae Adams to score, it's going to be that the plus two touchdowns. Uh, but also the Packers, the way they play, they're going to come out hot. They're Another thing that I, I found out this weekend is that the Packers, they dominate the first, first half. You saw this firsthand with the Colts game. The Packers yep. are a losing team in the second halves of their season. I think they're two and nine in the second half. If you just look at the second halves, they are two and nine, which That's means true. the Eagles, Miles Sanders here at plus 140. I like that a lot. Dallas Goddard at plus 325. Zach Ertz, 325. If there's going to be any Eagle to score, it's going to be one of those three. Um, but 325 for Goddard, holy Whew, that's some that's some good odds here. But Miles Sanders at plus 140, we haven't seen him have a touchdown in a while. It might have been a couple weeks. Um, let me just pull that up real quick. But do you have any thoughts here on how the, the Eagles can make this an interesting game in Green Bay? Whew, I mean, it's Miles Sanders, man. You get Sanders going against against Pitt, against Packers, and it could be brutal. But he hasn't uh, since week five. Yeah, he's been it's been a weird season. I mean, he's look at the look at his rushes, his averages, man. He's just not getting the ball. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's not getting as many targets. He's having drop issues, um, so that's something to watch out for. But uh, they need to get him more involved. It's simple as that. If they want to win the division, feature Miles Sanders. So this is a get right week for that. Got some very bad Packers uh, rush defense. We saw David Montgomery have some fun last week. Um, as far as Aaron Jones goes, I think the thing with the Green Bay with Green Bay is that Lafleur has no reason to use him, and if you can save him for the playoffs and just kind of let him run wild, that's kind of what I've been talking about. People, I've been talking about this a lot the, all week, basically saying Packers are they're going to make the playoffs, and this is also a, a take for Alvin Kamara too. Why should why should Sean Payton and Matt Lafleur? run Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara 20 plus. Why should they why should they run them into the ground right now? They have and quality have, backups. And you have bruising backups, Jamal Williams and Latavius Murray, guys that are made for December football that can run the ball, play really good football when it's cold and are just tough to tackle. Like these guys are are they're going to run between the tackles and they're going to smash you. So Jamal Williams at plus 285, he's on a little touchdown streak here. He scored in back-to-back games as well. Uh but I would I, I would feel pretty good about the Packers scoring probably four touchdowns in this one. Um, one of them is going to be a running back. And then we, the way Rodgers is playing football, man, everyone's getting touchdowns right? Uh, in the passing game. And because you have to respect the Aaron Jones, the Jamal Williams run game. This uh, is a good uh, DFS stat game for me. Uh, definitely. Pay up for Devontae probably. Alan Lazard has been looking good. I think Lazard is the clear two. I don't think, you know. So. Do you like Lazard here at plus 210? I don't hate it. I definitely don't hate it. The question is, will he, will they need to use him enough? And how's that? What's that? He got banged with the helmet to the chest. Is he okay on that? Because I know the core injury is what he originally held him out for a while, and then he kind of took a big jab right to his chest. Limited, limited practice all week. I haven't heard anything negative about him not playing. I think if there was a rumor right. that he was going to be not playing, we would have heard that already. Fair. Um, 
But before we go any farther, we got a quick question from Stephen Drakes here. Um, Come on, Stephen. So we, uh, I think this was last night we were hanging out, and I decided Devontae Booker over Kenyon Drake. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would take that for sure. So now he's asking uh, Miles Gaskin over Kareem Hunt. Oh boy! In Tennessee. a game we like, we like Cleveland's offense against Tennessee, but also. Again, if Miles Gaskins activated, they only have one other back active on the roster. It's against Cincinnati. And then here's the thing: if we get confirmation that yes, Ryan Fitzpatrick's in, Miles Gaskins in, give me Miles Gaskin. I think that's really simple. The reason, yeah, the reason why I, I take Gaskin is I just think that the outcomes for him are comparable to Hunt, but he's getting more looks. You know, it's one of those things where he's getting more catches. Hunt probably needs two touchdowns to outscore Gaskin. So unless I mean Chubb goes down. Just, and Chubb's looking so good right now. Chubb. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's a beast. Go with yeah. We're gonna go Gaskin and we're gonna go Devonte Booker here, Stephen. So thanks for the question. Hopefully we are right on that one. I do feel pretty good. I guess the good news with that is it. It looks like you got four really good running backs. Um, right. So you're not like looking at like a five point game from anybody there. I think everything looks pretty decent. But again, Booker and Gaskin are probably the 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 jewels in that group. Uh, but I guess yeah, Drake has the lowest floor there. So, right. Uh, but back to this Packers Eagles game. We're not going to take Devontae Adams to score a touchdown at minus one fifty-five. I'm not going to take Aaron Jones at minus one thirty-four. There's better odds to bet on. Uh, but Sanders at plus one forty. We have seen Green Bay allow a lot of running back points here. Um, just out of curiosity, I want to pull up and see just how many touchdowns they've allowed to the running backs. Um, so it looks like eleven rushing touchdowns. Five. Five receiving, so 16 total touchdowns. That's more than one per game. Man, I'm going to – Enters is due. Should we put it on the list? Dude, look at these. We have Chris Carson plus 115 to score. We have Sanders plus 140 to score. We have Montgomery plus 105 to score. Moster plus 105 to score. These, are, This is where the value is at this week for me. We might be turning into a touchdown prop show. <laughs> I mean, uh, if they're going to give us – if they're they're not giving us the games that we want to bet on. I mean, the Browns, the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so if they're not going to give us those games, you know, Giants with Sterling Shepard, we love that. We would have loved that this week. Um, Take advantage of these touchdown props. I, these are lead backs. David Montgomery plus 105. The these are lead backs with favorable matchups. I mean – Eagles are not going to beat the Packers. That said, the Packers, how do you beat how do you get how do you get to the Packers? You rush the ball. So I mean these are these are these these are good matchups. These are not like tough matchups for these running backs. Um that's just where the value hey, we're gonna go where the value is at. We're not gonna force our you're not gonna force jam in receivers or you know, we're gonna, that's what we're here for, man. Question we're here for to win money. Carson Wentz throws a touchdown, who's catching it? Outside those running backs, it's probably going to be Goddard, man. That dude has been getting pounded with targets. He's had seven catches in back-to-back games. I think over 70 yards in back-to-back games. Touchdowns in back-to-back games. Yeah, Ertz is probably back, but that said, Goddard's... Ertz, in the beginning of the season when he was healthy, looked like poop. So the, the issue, though, is Green Bay's defense, it's not really one to to take advantage of besides running backs. If I just show you real quick here. Quarterbacks. Terms, I mean, look at this. Fancy points per game. They got three out of four red matchups here, and they're all top ten. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, look at the tight end points, only 9.2 tight end points. I'm, I'm optimistic about Goddard. How many tight end touchdowns have they allowed? I, I bet you it's not more than – What do you got? How many? I would say two. I was going to say over under two and a half. I was thinking three in my head, so I'll take the over on that. Okay, so you got three. I got two. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. How low can we go? Packers at three. Dang it. Dang it. Okay, so they've allowed three touchdowns. Let's just out of curiosity, let's see who they've been allowing. Some I mean, first filter by PPR. But you also have to think about the the, the way the Eagles operate on offense. Their tight ends are basically receivers, so it's a little bit different here. Uh, you did see Jimmy Graham, 6.2. Trey Burton, 10.5. Eifert, nothing really there. Dwelly, 8.2. Irv Smith, Vikings don't use a consistent tight end. Texans don't use a consistent tight end. Rob Gronkowski is the outlier here. Actually, you see like a TJ Hawkinson. I would put at this point in the game, I would put Goddard in kind of the same cup as a TJ Hawkinson, where they are the leading, basically the best receivers on their teams at the moment. You know, no Kenny Galladay, no alpha receiver in Philadelphia. So you're probably looking at like a nine to 10 point game from Goddard if he doesn't score a touchdown. That makes right. sense. I mean, so they're good against the tight end, but when you look at the schedule, it, it hasn't been a fantastic. It's not like they're playing really good. You know. They've been avoiding them. And if, if Hawkinson can get a 10.2, if Hurst can get a 9.1, again, we mentioned uh, that the Packers are a losing team in the second half. They, If you just look at the, the points allowed in the second half, the Packers are 2-9. and nine. So they're a first-half team. They do allow teams to score points in the second half. Um, We're going to see some more Jalen Hurts this week. I'll – I don't know if you want to put Hertz into this situation, man. Like, I, I'm ex- I, I would like to see more Hertz, but I mean, if, if, if the Packers are blowing, let's say it's like, let's say it's twenty-eight to ten at halftime, yeah. you throwing Hertz in there, let him have some fun. It depends. I mean, the problem though is Carson Wentz has been the most sacked quarterback in the league. Right. You're putting yeah. James Hertz back there, a, a guy that you took in the second round. I just right. if if Wentz can't do it, I mean, what what's you know, yeah, I mean, I, to, to be fair to Wentz, I mean, that O-line has been one of the worst O-lines. It's been banged up all year, so it's not even a credit to the players. It's just been – Three opening day starters, I believe. Yes. Yep. Uh, Peters has been banged up, and I mean, he's, what, 35, 36. Like, he's their best offensive lineman, and he's just – And they're also, what, a half game out of the NFC East division lead? So they're trying to win. I mean, like – How much are they paying Carson Wentz? I just – I don't think yeah. they bench Carson Wentz yet. If anything, maybe they give maybe they give Jalen Hurts a two game trial at the end of the year to start. Uh, but mm-hmm. for now, I, I just think they got to go with Wentz. Maybe if anything, they get Hurts a little bit more opportunity with maybe five passing attempts or you know something like that, where he just kind of gets eased in. Yeah, the interesting thing is like Hurts is a guy drafted by this this management, so like they have to feel if Wentz is not the guy, they got to see what they have in Hurts um, before they get canned. <laughs> Writing's on the wall, but I guess maybe if because uh, we haven't done this in a while, but an extra spicy, risky pick for a touchdown. I like Goddard at three twenty-five. I don't feel great about it, but if you throw what, just out of curiosity, you throw a five-piece at that, you're making uh, fifteen twenty-five there. So interesting, interesting bet. I'm not going to check it, but um, as far as other touchdowns here, uh, do you feel anything in the Rams Cardinals game here? We can't trust the running backs. We can't trust. Uh, we really can't trust Goff. Murray's been inconsistent. How far down is Chase Edmonds on this list? Did he die? <sighs> Plus 400? Mm. 
Ooh. Oh, man. I think uh, a Chase Edmonds passing receiving touchdown does not feel out of the cards this week. I think the Cardinals are this is a this is a make or break game. You mentioned the 49ers are gonna make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, it's because the Cardinals tanks. And I talked about this last night. The loser of this game, I don't think is gonna make the playoffs. Right. Minnesota. Minnesota against Jacksonville coming up. You got the Chicago Bears against Detroit. Then you got the 49ers. All three of those teams likely to win and be six and six. The, the, if the Cardinals lose, they're six and six. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you got this wide open race for the 17 wild card. It could be a lot of fun. Um, it looks like Chase Edmonds really hasn't had much success uh, against the Rams in the past. But while I'm here, I kind of hinted at this to you off the air before we started. And it was the Bob Woods and the Cooper Cup show against the Cardinals. So I'm just typing in Robert Woods versus Cardinals here. So let's look at these game logs. Last year, uh, December 29th, he goes seven for 67 in a touchdown. The other game that year, 13 catches for 172. Beast. That's a 30. That's a 30 burger in PPR leagues. That's uh, nice. 2018, six for 89 in a touchdown. 2018 again, six for 81. Uh, 2017, he only had one game against uh, against the Cardinals. Here he goes five for 59, and then one game with even Buffalo, he hit six for 51. So he's never had less than 50 yards in a game against the Cardinals. Last year, he was 67 and 172. 2018, he was over 80 yards in both games. That's while we're here and we we've been liking the touchdown odds. I just want to see if they have anything in for the Rams receiving props here. They do. They got Bob Woods at 64 and a half. Uh, did I sell you on Robert Woods enough here? Do we like the over here? Yeah, I think I'm in, man. Because, I mean, Peterson's not really going to line up on one guy in this matchup. He's just going to, you know, cup Woods. He's going to be kind of swapping back back and forth. Um, and then wh- while I'm here, I was doing this uh, in last night's show, but Cooper Cup, I have career games here. He goes 7 for 99 last year, and he gets a touchdown. The other game last year, six for 65 in a touchdown. So back-to-back touchdowns in games last year. Uh, 2018, he got hurt that year, only had one game. He goes six for 63. Uh, look at the efficiency of these targets in the reception. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, 2017, two games. Rookie year, Cooper Cup, five for 68, four for 51 in a touchdown. And they got they got Robert Woods at 64.5. They got Cooper Cup, 63.5. People are betting into this one at minus 125. Um, yeah, pivot, man. Woods is probably the better bet. Um, both guys are probably great for fantasy this week. You're going to get some yeah. nice, <sighs> nice guess, floors out of these guys for sure. And I guess while we're here, let's... What, are the, what are the scores been on these games? These Rams versus Cardinals games. Yeah, we'll hop into that. But okay, look at these numbers by Jared Goff here. 319 yards, three touchdowns. 424, two touchdowns. Bad game here. 216 and a touchdown. 354 in a touchdown. So the last four games against the Arizona Cardinals, he's been over 303 out of four. He's hit a 400 game. It looks like he's thrown a touchdown in every game uh, and a total of seven touchdowns in four games. So he's, he's got a, and look at the over rate. A, over 100 rating in four straight with that almost five straight. I wonder if I can click on this. So the Rams won 31 to 24. Uh, the Cardinals were easily defeated, thirty-four to seven. Interesting. I don't know why I changed it like that, honest. <laughs> Mix it up. Now here, Cardinals barely up a fight. Again, they're, they're switching it up. So the Rams have the number here for the Cardinals, but again, this is not 
I mean, the Cardinals are wow, thirty-four to zero in that one. So we're talking about some serious Rams domination. Them. Like not even close. Thirty-two to six. Oh my gosh, These, they're getting spanked. The, the Jared, oh. yeah, he's six and zero against the, these guys lately. Can we go is he one undefeated? Out? He got smashed. No, there it is. Smashed. Twenty seventeen. Oh, so man. six and one. Jared Goff is six and one in his career against this team. Hmm. Should we? Uh, we should probably look at some Jared Goff. Uh, some over unders here, huh? For the kids. For the kids. Uh, two seventy two. If we like, if we like, if we like Bob Trees and we like Cooper Cup, two seventy two. I think I like Bob Woods at sixty four and a half. That's take, my. Take that. yeah, that's my line. Okay, if if they put this touchdown line at one point five, are you taking the over here? Ooh. I, we can't trust these running back. Oh no, not at minus two ten. Yeah. Stay away. I got it juiced. Stay away. So I think we hit that one up pretty good here. Um, so are we fading the Cardinals this week in fantasy? I am kind of fading the Cardinals the rest of the season. We talked about this. We have a we had a league where there's a trade here. We we trade up into the playoffs in one of our home leagues, and uh, somebody got rid of David Montgomery for DeAndre Hopkins. They gave up some more, but that's the main focus. And uh, I think we talked about if you if I had David Montgomery, I don't think I'd want Hopkins straight up for this playoff run. I have the schedule pulled up here. They're playing the Rams. The Giants, the Eagles, the 49ers. I mean, the Eagles are probably the one matchup there that Hopkins could probably have some fun. Right. Giants, I, Giants will be interesting. I guess the good news is that these are three home games for the Cardinals here. But again, you kind of have a dinged up Kyler Murray right now. Larry Fitzgerald, I think he's kind of like a, a, a if you look at the Cardinals offense as a whole, he's just like this little gear that's like kind of down here at the bottom that remove that. And it's like, like things are like like clogging, you know. Yeah. Um, it's part of the ecosystem, man. You need to have the flies. You need that veteran in order for the frogs to feast. Um, and all of a sudden, like Christian Kirk, like we, he's hard to trust. DeAndre Hopkins has scored what ten points in three straight games. Kenyon mm-hmm. uh, Drake so, be the best player of the group here. If the Cardinals are to win this week, how do they do it? Um, this. This actually brought up a good thing that I wanted to look at here. The Rams are favored by two and a half here. I don't know if you feel anything about betting into, you know, over-unders or game lines, but the Rams to win by a field goal, I think the Rams are going to win this game. Yeah. Minus 125, that's not terrible, I think. I mean, the uh, the smart sharps agree with us on this one. I think the Rams are probably going to have some fun. I mean, do we want to do we want to get funky and put put a, a, a LA Rams minus two and a half on the website? We haven't we haven't picked an individual game, you know, a line. Well, did we? I think the only one we did we did a Packers one. I think when they were like, right? Did we do that Packers one early in the season? Hmm. It was like the Packers minus. They were like minus three against a team that I'm pretty sure they smoked. Smoked sausages. Smoked sausages. Uh, no, but I'm I'm pretty sure I, I remember what we were what we were talking. About. I think I took I think I really fell into that one. Yeah, um, I think yeah, maybe it wasn't on the website. Uh, but yeah, we didn't put anything. We haven't put any um, individual game lines into there. 
But I, I do feel pretty good about the L.A. Rams here, the way that defense is playing. They're coming off a loss to the 49ers here. They really can't afford another loss here. We've mm-hmm. seen Eric Goff dominance against this team lately. Um, a lot of positive things for the Rams, I guess, heading into this. Uh, but maybe we just stay away. Maybe we just ignore it. And if we, we'll take the silent victory on the side here, and uh, maybe we'll be more intrigued next time. I do think these two teams play each other one more time yet. Week 17. Week 17. Maybe we we dump. Maybe we just dump the whole bank account into that game later. Um, <laughs> that could be an interesting game. I guess we're going on an hour and 28 minutes here. Uh, maybe two minutes rapid fire. We do have a pretty good list of bets here. We only got nine bets on the on the slip. Do we have uh, Carson? Do we have Chris Carson's touchdown on that list? Throw Chris Carson on here. I got so we got we're gonna get Montgomery, Sanders, Chris Carson. These guys are all plus odds here. Um, if we had to pick maybe one or two more touchdown odds, uh, before we even look at it, who's like a not like super obvious guy that you think is gonna score tomorrow? Can it be and why could it be Jonathan Taylor? (laughs) Yeah, I mentioned at the top of the show that this could be a get right game for JT. Um, they, they, I think if the Titan or if the Colts really want to do some damage, they, they need to like, they need to get JT going. I mean, great running back. They need to have that balance. Naheem Hines is a great change of pace guy, but uh, it's really nice when you can put a running back in there and not have the defense know what you're going to do. Um, and JT is kind of that all purpose potential guy. So I can see, I can see a touchdown there for JT. My biggest issue is at the goal line, they do so many weird things. They get Trey Burton going. They get Hines in there. Jordan Wilkins sometimes gets in there. Uh, Michael Pittman's doing some weird things now. So what, a half a unit maybe? On like, It's kind of like a lukewarm kind of feeling about it. Um, or maybe yeah, it's like a medium conviction. Maybe we trust him for fantasy this week, but we don't really buy into it yet. A plus 100. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you can get Carson at plus one fifteen or Montgomery at plus one hundred five, give me that all day. Don't, um, yeah, it's, the value so doesn't feel there. I'm a I'm a Denzel Mims homer. He's at plus two twenty five. He's yet to score a touchdown. We've seen rookie receivers when they pop, they pop. They're playing against the Raiders this week, and the Raiders are kind of you know they just got whooped last weekend by. Uh, by the Falcons. Is there any chance that Denzel Mims catches his first touchdown? Um, I did want to pull up some other things too, because they had two end zone shots to him last weekend. So they're trying to get him to score. The odds are plus two two twenty-five. I'm not gonna recommend it to anybody, but would it surprise you if Mims scores tomorrow? No, I think as uh as I was saying earlier, I think if you know the Jets have a shot in this game, if they can get that offense going early, and uh, if they're gonna do that, Mims is gonna be the key that unlocks things. Here's we the have issue. yet to see that kind of like breakout game. Jonathan Abram starting safety out. Uh, Isaiah Johnson backup cornerback questionable limited. Trayvon Mullen questionable with an illness. He did not practice on Friday, so they're missing some some key secondary pieces right now. Even if it's just practice, these guys are coming in not exactly 100 percent. And uh, I did want to just pull up. Uh, Denzel Mims, in terms of, of fantasy production, he's been hovering around 10 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the I did the math, and I kind of projected his numbers out to a full 16-game sample size. And he's going to be a player we talk about next year, I think, especially if it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but we see 67, 71, 62. These yards are kind of creeping up. He's getting eight targets. 
getting eight targets. Mm-hmm. They're making sure he gets opportunity. And the other thing too, I guess with the word opportunity, the dude's on the field a lot. Like we're talking 90% plus snap counts. I know it's not a great offense to bet into, uh, but I do think uh, Denzel Mims, and I'm just, I'm curious. Well, I'll probably pull that up later on the side, but Mims, I'm, I'm hopeful for a touchdown there in terms of Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans. We didn't talk about this. AJ Brown, minus 106, 286 for Henry. Nick Chubb, they're all heavy favorites here. We did kind of talk up Austin Hooper a little bit here, but does anything stick out in this quick uh, Browns-Titans game, in the game that's got the most implied point total too? Yeah, I mean, if you're asking – if we're t- if you're talking about risky, maybe we throw a risky, spicy, John Heffernan shout-out TD of the week, I think Hooper or uh, Adam Humphreys, man. I don't know why Adam Humphreys is calling my name. But a little itch there for Adam I Humphreys. think one of those two kind of feels – if you were to tell me one of those two scores a touchdown, I would not be shocked at all. All right, what about Miles Gascan? Plus one ten. If he's in, if he's in, woo! That's another touch. That's another bell cow back against a bad defense. What what is DK doing right now? They're giving us free money. That's free money. Okay, so um, last weekend with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think I texted you Sunday morning. Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. plus one twenty to score here. If Fitzpatrick's in, is this? Is this a is this a money maker at plus one twenty? Do you like Gaskin or Parker one more than the other here? Yeah, for some reason these touchdown bets I tend to favor running backs just because yep. I think wide receiver touchdowns a little bit a little bit more unpredictable. Um, that said, who else is catching the touchdown in Miami? Parker like Fitzpatrick just like he locks onto Parker. James Robinson, oh what? <laughs> He's going on. This is a, this is not a player prop show anymore. This is a touchdown prop show. We are all in on running back touchdowns. We got James Robinson plus one fifteen to score. Um, let, let's let's just reminisce and um, let's just appreciate James Robinson. I don't think a lot enough people do it. Uh, the dude's been one of the best running. Not named Dalvin Cook. Not named McCaffrey. Not named Henry. This dude, the fourth or fifth best running back in the league right now. It is – it's early to call it, but, I mean, he's probably the next Arian Foster as far as undrafted running backs go. He's on that – yeah, he's on that that line, I think, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other running back that – They have no reason not to – he's signed for, what, three years as an undrafted guy. Is it two-year or three-year contract? I don't know. what these. Sometimes these undrafted guys sign for less years. Now, there's no reason – have no reason not to give them three 2.29 million Dude, they're gonna literally just they're gonna back the ball for the next summer i think pay this kid dude give him some money look at that he, he's he's here's another I, I like trends in in games where he scores a touchdown he always scores another one the next week so you see back week two he scores two against miami so back-to-back games touchdowns uh, starting in week six, he catches a touchdown against Detroit. He also against the Chargers. He catches one and he runs one, and then he strings another game against Houston. So he's kind of a streaky touchdown guy. Uh, going up here, nothing to lose here against the Vikings. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many touchdowns do you think the Minnesota Vikings have allowed to running backs? I wouldn't be surprised if it was double digits. Hmm. What the heck? Only six. Oh. Only one receiving. So we're, we're quite a bit of yards. So the yards are there, but yeah. the we're going against the grain here on the touchdown call. 
I mean, I like if you, th- if you I- think the Jaguars score, it's probably James Robinson. Yeah. I feel better about the other ones, but that said, I would not be surprised if he gets into the end zone. All right. So I guess we should probably just keep looking at these a little bit harder. Latavius Murray plus 225. Taysom Hill, they're beating that up to minus 143. We can't really yeah, – Two weeks with plus Taysom Hill odds, and we, we pounded it both times. So hopefully you bet that one. But is this Latavius Murray? He had two touchdowns last weekend. Alvin Kamara hasn't scored. Uh, Al- Alvin Kamara did score against the Falcons two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with him. Latavius Murray at plus 225. I wouldn't throw like a, a big amount at it, but it, it's pretty good odds, I think, for Latavius to find the end zone. And it feels pretty good. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you're not going to – you can take Taysom if you want, but why not take the odds and pivot? David Montgomery, we're running that one in. Chris Carson, we're going to run that one in. Um, you think Wayne finds the end zone again? I just don't think I can trust Giants this week. Uncle Wayne? Uncle Wayne at plus 115? No thanks. I just yeah. – streaks are meant to end. Um, Kenyon Drake, plus 140. It's pretty big. Well, if you're asking me Sanders or Drake at plus 140. All right. How about this? Bob Woods, Cooper Cup. Which one does it? Mm-hmm. Both the same odds, plus 145. It's going to happen. Cup, Cup likes to find the end zone, man. Let's. Should we pick one of them? Is it going to be Cup? Cup scored in both games last year. Yeah. It's... He's going to be the guy that's less on uh, Patrick Peterson, I believe. So I think in this case, we have what? We have one more bet to put on the slip. Cup, Woods. What do you like? It's probably Cup. Cooper, Cooper, Cup. Okay. We just filled up 12 bets here. Um, we also clicked on Miles Sanders at plus 140. What the F? Um, Clyde Edwards here at plus 140. Edwards has got this illness thing. Is he? Has, did he practice yesterday? Do we have any news on that yet? Is I'm he- not. I'm 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 benching Clyde Edwards for Devontae Booker in my keeper league. Did not Clyde Edwards back days. Is Le'Veon Bell gonna get a starting spot? He's plus what? Where did he go? Where did little Le'Veon go? Plus one. I think DraftKings knows something that we don't. Uh, they probably feel like Clyde Edwards isn't gonna play. If Clyde Edwards doesn't play, that's an. I'll be curious to see if they put props up for Le'Veon Bell. All right, so we'll, I'll put in. Um, I've been kind of doing like a little caveat below each each week's things. If Clyde Edwards Alaire is out, we're probably going to lean into this Le'Veon Bell touchdown. But I'm assuming as soon as we hear Clyde Edwards is out, they're going to shift Le'Veon Bell's numbers up uh, pretty hardcore. So uh, run, don't walk. If you want to bet on Le'Veon Bell to score a touchdown and Clyde Edwards is out, uh, that would be, I get, yeah. I guess I don't know. I think I think we've got everything covered here pretty well. Raheem Mostert plus one 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 oh five to score. We like, we like that, but that's our uh, that's, that's our Monday a, night game if we're feeling good about how we did on Sunday, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll shout out that one when we get to it. But I think uh, I think we did enough here, man. This was the longest. This is officially the longest live stream that I've ever done. Um, so I want to thank you for your time, Jesse. This was um, it was a lot of good. Time. Um, we cover some things. If if Le'Veon Bell is on your waiver wire and you're still watching this and you got a spot, go and scoop him up because Denver is not that great of a team. I think Bell finds the end zone if no Clyde Edwards. In uh, this game earlier in the year, the Chiefs won 43-16. to 
Clyde Edwards yeah. didn't score, but Mahomes, Mahomes didn't even have to do much. They put Chad Henney in, and Chad Henney ran for a touchdown. So Broncos are just a kind of a, a shell right now, dead team walking. Um, Cecil Lammy thinks that John Elway might be given the boot here after the season. They think they like Vic Fangio to stay around as the coach and maybe figure out some things on offense. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. The Broncos, man, not exactly where you want to be sitting for betting or fantasy, I think, at the moment right now. No. Drew Locke's back, but what does that mean? You know? You can't, you can't do it. But uh, I don't know. We're hitting 140 here on the time clock here. Any final thoughts here? It's uh, week 13. If you're on the line for a playoff spot, good luck to you. I hope you win. Make the playoffs. I'm facing this guy this week. If I win, I got a decent shot. If I lose, I'm out. So, Bauer, be sweet to me. I might flip up and hit a couple wrong buttons. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll win. This guy is 11-1 and one in our home league. The problem, one of the best regular seasons I've ever seen. The problem is, though, like, my backups are still favored to score. You got, you got Devontae Booker as, you know, your backups are, are strong. You got Sterling Shepard. Your team was deep this year. You drafted right. You hit on most of your picks. You went so, running back early, and you hit on all those mid-receivers. I mean, that's the formula. So I'll humor you here. I'll put in my my worst options. We're going to bench Aaron Jones. We're going to bench uh, – we'll bench DK Metcalf even. How about that? How about that? So I got my – oh, you know what? I'll even start two tight ends on you. Trey Burton and Dallas Goddard down to 129. I'll mull it over. We'll talk about it later. But I don't know. Um, I think with that, we're going to sign off here. I want to wish everyone, too, good luck. Fantasy football playoff weekend, uh, last weekend in the regular season. If you guys have questions, uh, I will be going live tonight. On uh, I'm thinking I might push it back at like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. If you guys uh, want to hang out with me tonight, I'll go over all the news. You can do start-sit questions. I'll have a little bit more news. There's usually a good news dump on Saturday afternoon, so we should know a little bit more. Like we were just talking about Clyde Edwards. We'll know about Ryan Fitzpatrick, hopefully. So uh, we'll hang out later tonight. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us on this Saturday afternoon. Get your bets in. I'm going to upload these to the website after this. Uh, so good luck. Hope you guys win some money. Hope you win some fantasy games. Get to the playoffs. Uh, for Jesse, you can follow him on Twitter at the fellow JGM. You can follow me on Twitter at the fellow KGB. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.